Welcome back to the Express Yourself Black Man Podcast. My name is Kizzle or Kofi, and I'm a mental health advocate, public speaker, and founder of A Kizzle Brand, which is a project aimed at raising awareness for depression and helping people through difficult times. Studies show that on average, men lose 2.8 years of their life when they're under heavy stress. The point of this podcast is for me to gain those 2.8 years back. As a black man, society often tries to tell me what I can, can't do, or talk about which can often leave me feeling trapped. And so this podcast is my release. Yo, what's up, y'all? Today's episode is a recording of a Instagram live that I did with AJ to talk about Jason Wilson's new book, Battle Cry. Battle Cry is a phenomenal book for men that are dealing with any kind of day-to-day stressors that don't have a real process for what they're going through. I read it and I really enjoyed it. I learned some new things and I'm obviously in the space, so I definitely think that you guys can learn something from it. If you're a man, get it to help you deal with whatever it is that you're going through. If you're a woman, get it to help you understand what it is that we go through and to help you dealing with any kind of men in your life. You can find Jason Wilson on IG at Mr. Jason O. Wilson. That's M-R-J-A-S-O-N-O-W-I-L-S-O-N. And you can find AJ on Instagram at Reading with Glamour. That's R-E-A-D-I-N-G. W-I-T-H-G-L-A-M-O-U-R. This live has a lot of gems, so I felt like I would be doing you guys a disservice by not turning it into a podcast episode. I hope you get some value out of it. And as always, I'm sending you love and light. All right, peace. And if you're listening to this podcast right now on a podcast streaming platform, I just want you to know that this episode is actually uploaded on YouTube. You can watch this episode on YouTube. So if you'd like to do that, please head over to YouTube, type in Express Yourself Black Man Podcast. You can type in the episode number or the episode title and the episode will pop up. Please, please, please do us a favor, regardless of if you're going to watch the episode on YouTube or not. Subscribe to our channel, Express Yourself Black Man. That is where the platform is moving. Right now, we are heavily based on Instagram. And while that is dope, Instagram does not pay us for the content that we post. So that means we spend hours making content, which helps you guys, but doesn't really help us to build a platform outside of building new followers. And while that's great, it's not enough. So please head over to YouTube. That way, it's a win-win for both of us. You guys get extra free content and we get paid for the content that we post while also having the opportunity to have a larger impact and a larger reach to the black community. So if you rock with us, if you support us, if you're interested in helping us further the platform, please take some time out of your day to subscribe to us on YouTube. Express yourself, black man. I'll give you all a couple seconds to do that before the episode actually starts. Regardless of what you decide to do, I appreciate you for listening. I'm good. I'm good. It's nice to finally uh, talk face to face. We've been doing a lot of emailing. Yes, yes. I'm AJ. Nice to meet you. Kizzle, nice to meet you too. Okay, so we are talking about Battle Cry by Jason Wilson. Mm -hmm. And if you have not read this book Mm -hmm. last week, you definitely need to get it. Even if you are a woman, get it so you can understand men more. So it's not just for men. It's also for women to understand their brothers, their 
partners, spouses, uncles, grandfathers to understand men a little bit more. And so Battle Cry is what we're talking about tonight. So Kizzle. Yes. I will tell you why I reached out to you, but first tell everyone about Express Yourself Black Man. What is your platform all about? So it's I like to I like to ask people, do you want the long spiel or you want the, the short sweet the sweet one? Let's do the short and sweet. Okay. So short and sweet, express yourself black man is a space for black people to express themselves healthily in the hopes of creating a community of healing. Uh, so I created late twenty twenty and it started as a podcast and it grew rapidly into the community. And so what I really try to do is I just try to give the game that I've learned from therapy, relationships, just life in general, things that I think we as black people need to prioritize, especially black men. And I prioritize like mental health, I prioritize therapy, and just like life lessons and things that I've learned. And I try to make sure that I put an emphasis on speaking to black men, because a lot of times we see a lot of good content on social media related to uh, mental health or related to mental wellness. But a lot of black men just aren't looking for that. So even if the post is uh, good, it's not going to penetrate or get into the black community, specifically the black man, because we're just going to scroll past it. So what I do is I, I'm very direct. I say, black man, here's this, here's that. Um, that that brings in black men and actually look into the post and, and trying to join the community and see what we're talking about. So that, that's what we're doing. That's the short and sweet. Cool, cool. Well, when I was charged with the task of creating a conversation around the book Battle Cry, a readathon conversation so that of course to promote the book to get people to talk about the book. I was looking for men in particular whose platform embraced men expressing themselves. So yeah. I literally put in Black Man Express and your name was the first name that came up and I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, there's a whole Yes. for men to promote men expressing themselves. So, you know, I scrolled. I stalked you for a while. Yeah, let, me see, let me see what he's talking about. I love it. <laughs> and so I thought, okay, and he's young. This is, this is a guy that I definitely want to be a part of this project. So I really appreciate you because your platform embraces what this book is about. Yeah. You know, what? I was reading the book and I just felt like, wow, this – He's talking about everything that I'm trying to do. Like, this is great. And you know what's funny? I'm somewhat of a fanboy of Jason Wilson. This is not his first book. I actually have Cry Like a Man, and I read through the entire, the entire book. So I'm, I'm a big fan of Jason Wilson. Like, I love I love his books. I love his storytelling. I love his transparency. And I think we need more of it. So Nice, yeah. nice. Well, let's keep our fingers crossed. Maybe he'll pop in. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Maybe we can bring him up. I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. Hold on. We'll see. We'll see. Well, I have a lot of handy dandy notes because while I was reading, I'm like, oh my gosh, this would be a great question. So I don't want to bombard you, but I think I'm going to break down our conversation for like chapter one through three, maybe. Okay. So I'm going to start off with Jason talks about emotional incarceration. Yes. Yes. And he says it's isolated and disconnected from emotions that threaten to consume me. 
So he says emotional incarceration for men is isolation and disconnection from emotions that threaten to consume me. Explain that to somebody who maybe is your age and they're like, I don't understand emotional incarceration. What does that mean to you? So when I think about emotional incarceration, it just, for me, it means like a death or not even deathly, but just uh, a nervousness when it comes to embracing emotions. It really is synonymous to me with like the dehumanization of, of men. Because when you think about what it means to be human, this is what I say a lot on the platform, to be human is to feel, right? So when you're emotionally incarcerated, what Jason Wilson is basically saying is you are not feeling your full range of emotions. And not only are you not feeling them, but you're not actually processing them. So, because we all go through emotions, whether it be us wanting to go through them or not, right? So when you're emotionally incarcerated, it's not like those emotions just disappear, right? You still have to feel them, but a lot of people are internalizing them. So I guess the best way that I would explain it is emotional incarceration is another way of saying people internalizing their emotions and not feeling the full range uh, of emotions. Exactly. And, you know, just as I was reflecting, reading while reflecting, you know, incarceration is, I think of jail. I think of being locked up. Right. And so it's like your emotions being locked in mm -hmm. and you have the power. You are the guard. Yes. You, you about have the power to let your emotions out to free them. Right. Um, but so many men, they incarcerate their emotions. They keep them in and so let's talk a little bit about the consequences so jason says and for those of you all that are just coming in we are discussing battle cry battle yes. cry by jason wilson waging and winning the war within mm -hmm. he says consequences of not managing your emotions expressing emotions in healthy ways it can end in depression divorce high-risk behaviors, broken families, violence, futures erased, wounded hearts, despair. Now, these are just a few that he mentioned. So you just said emotional incarceration, okay? Men keeping their their emotions locked in. Right. And there's consequences to that. Right. And what what does that look like? I just named a few, but can you give other consequences? Because... I don't know, not not to cut you off, but I was going to say, I don't know if uh, depression was one of them, but pers personally, when I was emotionally incarcerated, that's what I experienced, right? I, I experienced this heavy set of depression, and I didn't know what, I didn't even know what I was actually experiencing in that moment, because as a black man, right, like, when you're emotionally incarcerated, it's hard for you to, like, really process and feel your emotions. And so when you get this onslaught of emotions that are like sadness and frustration, um, you're not really sure what it is. It's kind of like a kid being introduced to a whole new like environment. So for me, like when I was emotionally incarcerated, a lot of it was like me just being depressed and not knowing how to really deal with that. Right. And so depression is a big one. Like a lot of black men are functionally depressed. Right. Mm. This is medical medical term or anything like that. But functional depression for people that don't know what that is is basically like you can operate in society and you look fine everyone will think that you're fine you'll be smiling in public you'll be smiling when you're out in social settings but 
when you get back home or when you're by yourself, you are depressed, right? Like you are sad, you are at your low. And so a lot, a lot, a lot of us that end up being emotionally incarcerated go through this, this like functional depression because we don't know how to actually process and regulate the emotions that come with being human because we all go through ups and downs, right? But it's about being able to deal with the downs, being able to understand how to navigate those downs and we're not taught the process of actually navigating those downs. And I think one of the good things that this book really does, one of the good things that Jason Wilson does in this book is just talk about how you can process and deal with not only your emotions, but just life in general, right? So it's not even just constricted to how you deal with your emotions. It's about how you become, um, he calls it a comprehensive man. Right? Yes. A comprehensive man. And the other way I think about that is like how you become a holistic man. Right, so he does a really great job of explaining that and, and bringing points and making like guides and all the kind of things that you can follow. Right, he says in his book, and I don't know why this quote just stands in my head, but suppression. He either says suppression turns into depression, or suppression becomes depression, and it really is. It's like you know when those emotions fester. You know, it it turns into to something to something deeper, and you just mentioned he he gives in every chapter, every chapter, the title of every chapter gives a a tool or a weapon that you can use to wage and win the war within. You talked about comprehensive a comprehensive man, so we can just kind of go into that. So in the book, he says the difference between oh, okay, so masculinity. Mm-hmm. So some men think that masculinity is holding it all in. I wrote it down. Okay. He says their whole life, their whole life, boys and men conform to a narrow definition of masculinity, mm-hmm. bravery, fearlessness, and reserve. Yes. I love this. Yeah. Bravery, fearlessness, and reserve. So that's what the narrow mas- uh, definition of masculinity is. But the author, Mr. Jason, he talks about being a comprehensive man. And you mentioned that. Right. And he says a comprehensive man is courageous, but also compassionate, strong, but sensitive, which juxtaposed, you know what I'm saying, is the total opposite. Talk about that, about how a comprehensive man is brave, is strong, but he's also sensitive and compassionate. And you know, and you know what the beautiful thing about that is, is a lot of us don't understand that as humans, we all have masculine and feminine energy. Like no one is fully masculine. No one is just fully feminine, right? So it's about, when I think about that, I think about us just tapping into our feminine energy and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being- Because here's the thing, every man came from a woman. So surely, Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, something, Surely right? you got right. some of her energy. Right, of course. And it only makes sense once you start to think about it. But growing up, society teaches us that there is a weakness in anything that's like feminine, right? And so we start to distance ourselves from anything that can be deemed as feminine in order for us to assimilate to what we call masculinity. And so this is what happens as we get, as we grow up and we get older we start to get to the hyper-masculine, toxic masculine side, which only makes it worse because it makes it a lot harder for us to get out of that emotional, you know, you know, incar- incarcerated state. So 
we have to learn to tap into our feminine energy. There's nothing wrong with that. And you know what's funny? When I started the platform, I didn't know because it's so hard to really determine what masculinity actually is, especially, you know, in social media and just in society. That's something that I was on a quest of really trying to figure out what does that actually look like? Because right. all these definitions online, we all have these kind of indirect definitions of what it is. But as I started the platform and had conversations with people like mental health professionals, therapists, counselors on the platform, I realized like, wait, we all have masculine and feminine energy. And if it wasn't for me having these conversations with people in the black community, I would have never known that. So when I read it in the book, I was like, exactly. He gets it. Like, this is exactly what we, like, this makes a lot of sense. So I think a lot of people just need to understand that there's nothing wrong with having feminine energy or masculine energy. Right. It just makes you a human. That's all it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. He talks about peace in chapter three, putting peace in perspective. And I like what he said. He says, peace is not a place. And this even hit me because I feel like I have to go on a vacation to get peace or I have to get, you know, a pedicure to get peace. And he says, if you continue to make peace a place, you will only be able to attain it when you are in a particular location or circumstance instead of maintaining it wherever you are. And so when I thought about that, it's like, in any situation you're in, talk talk to um, the audience a little bit, Kizzle, about how peace is a state of mind, which means whatever place you're in, you could be, it could be a fight going on, right? Or, you know, it could be an argument happening. But if peace is within you, if peace is a state of mind, you can stay sane or manage your emotions. I'm talking, you talk, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so I wanted to, what what that reminded me of when you talked about peace being a state of mind and not a place, it reminded me of destination addiction. I don't know if you know what that is. but Yeah, so destination addiction, right? It's when people always feel like they have to get to a new location or new destination mm-hmm. in order for them to feel fulfilled. Wow. Never being fulfilled in the present moment, always looking for the next accomplishment or opportunity or thing for you to feel like, okay, this will make you happy. You're hitting me. You're hitting me. <laughs> I'm sorry, right? I'm sorry. But this is this is important for us to wow. talk about. In our culture, we glorify grinding yourself away yeah. in order for you to make new accomplishments. And we don't ever stop to really just be like, yo, I've made so much progress. Look at where I'm at now. Like, right. let me congratulate myself for being here in this moment. And there's a beautiful quote that I love to reference we're all living in a past prayer, right? At some point in time, you probably prayed for the life that you're living right now. And you're not even, not to say this is you, right? But yeah. listen, we're not normally grateful for just the, the presence, like just the present moment that we're in. And we need to stop and pause sometimes. And I think he mentions this in the book, but we need to stop and pause sometimes and just say, yo, I'm proud of me. I'm proud of me for being here. Not for where I want to go and what, what I want to do and what I think I'm going to do. I'm proud of me for being actually in this present moment. And I think that's something that he he really puts shines a light on. It's just, we need to stop always, I need to get to this place. It needs to be this and then I'll be happy. We, yeah. we need to be happy here. And once you're happy here, everything else will fall in line. You'll begin to validate yourself. And you won't really look too much externally for that peace because you will have that peace within, right? And he talks about, um, 
I don't want to butcher the word, but there's a certain level, there's a certain meditation that he does, which I found very, very... Shalak. Shalak? Shalak or Shalak, right? Yeah. And I found it very, 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 very interesting because all of the meditation that I've learned is to be comfortable, get yourself in a comfortable seated position, right? But when you think about, right, when you think about meditation and practicing like mindfulness and making sure that you're, 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 not, you're not anxious when you're making decisions, you're never gonna be in a comfortable position. Right. You're never really gonna be in a comfortable position, right? So you have to, you have to understand that, like that, that meditation makes it so that you don't have to be in a comfortable position for you to be mindful or for you to be at peace and be able to make um, wise decisions in an in a, in a instant. So I really liked the, the meditation that he talked about in the book. I really, I can't remember the name and I don't want to butcher it, but there's a certain meditation and he explains it well, how to do it. Yeah, so that, that meditation, I definitely going to take that and use it. For, for Mr. Wilson says, Shalak means cast away. Yeah. And he says, you two are doing a great job. I appreciate it. I'm trying. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Jason. <laughs> now, okay, so talk about, I'm kind of going back and forth. Mm -hmm. Emotions okay. that are not tradi traditionally not considered masculine. Sadness. You can even add. You can even add being happy in there. Like being happy is like, yeah. Honestly, you can add. You can add being happy in there. And I think Mr. Wilson talks about it. He talks about like Father's Day where he felt like he wasn't supposed to be celebrated, right? Right. right. He felt kind of like an imposter in his own home. Right. So that's why I was saying you, you can even add happy in there because a lot of guys like we grow up and we experience all this like trauma and stuff. So when we go out into the world, we're kind of hardened and like being happy and smiling and all these things can kind of make us look as if we are, you know, weak, because even even for me personally. Right. Like if I go outside and, I, and I'm walking to the store and I'm going inside the store, I'm not going to really have a smile on my face. It's going to be a bunch of other uh, men in the room and I don't want to look like you get what I'm saying like I don't want to look like I can't hold my own if anything were to ever happen mm -hmm. so that's the reason why I say happiness can sometimes be seen as a non-masculine emotion right like in especially in New York that's where I'm that's where I'm at right now okay like, people in New York like they just don't they don't smile they don't they're, not, they're just not the happiest people in the world so that's just that's just my experience but definitely sadness is definitely one of them a lot of men don't want to don't want to cry. They feel like crying is like a sign of weakness. But actually, what I've learned again from the platform is that crying is a release. When you right. cry, your tears hold in like stress toxins and all these different things that you release. And that's the reason why you can cry when you're happy because it's a way for your body to emotionally. It's a way for your body to rebalance itself. That's right. the reason why you can cry when they're happy. When you're overwhelmed with some kind of emotion crying is a way that your body lets go of that so when we think about crying being a sign of weakness crying is actually a strength and it doesn't make sense why it would be a sign of weakness right for me me personally knowing what i know now is definitely not a sign of weakness. so definitely sadness i would say uh happiness but i would say like something that we also look at as a as a just a symbol of weakness is also crying but all of those things don't make sense because like i said earlier to be human is to feel and these are all ways in which we feel as human beings. Right. You know, I like in the book at every chapter for every weapon that he gives, he gives an example of how it applied to his life. Right. And so for you in particular, 
how did you get to this point? Because you've already been waging and winning the war within. You've already been on the battlefield and now you're helping others fight, specifically men, manage their emotions. How did you get to this point? I'll tell you, I, I did a lot of losing at first. So I, I can resonate with a lot of what he said in the book, just about like process, like going like relationships and just growing up and like, just navigating, learning how to deal with mental wellness and his mental health. So for me personally, I did a lot of losing. What I mean by losing was just figuring out what didn't work for me. So mm -hmm. like I analyzed my emotions, I was emotionally incarcerated. That led to a lot of depression. And once I learned that it was okay for me to cry and like have these kind of different kinds of emotions, and like um, also deep in my faith and like God, uh, which he talks about a lot in the book. That's that's something that we haven't mentioned. Is just how how much he ties a lot of what he's talking about to to Yah, calls calls God Yah. And so he, he mentions a lot of scripture, which I really like because I'm not in the Bible as much, so it gives me a lot of extra context into how these things play out, right? But back to like my personal journey was I went through depression in 2017, and while I was depressed. I was really trying to figure out ways in which I could feel better. And that helped led me to something upon self-care and just having rest days, which he talks about as well. A lot of men don't rest. Like we mm -hmm. think we're technically weak or like we're gonna look lazy for us to be resting, but we all need to rest. So it, it was me just figuring out my own self-care plan. And then in 2020, I went through a bad break. I got cheated on. And that was when I decided to invest in therapy. And when I got into therapy, I was like, why don't we do this? Like, why aren't we all in therapy? Because all of the things that I was learning about myself, I was like, wow, this would have helped me three years ago, for sure. Right. And so I decided from that moment on that I wanted to be able to teach others. Because I'm the type of person that once I learn something, I feel obligated to share that information with other people. And so I started on my personal IG with just sharing information with people. And one of my friends told me like, hey, you know what? You should start a podcast. I mean, that's how Express Yourself Black Man started as just a podcast and me just sharing some of the things I was learning in therapy. Um, and then it grew into the platform because I started making posts that were just easy to digest and easy to follow, easy to just go from reading the post into just implementing it. And, and that's how it grew um, into the platform that it is now. But for me, it's just being passionate about just trying to help people and just taking the lesson that I've learned from my life and therapy and trying to give that to the to the community. Kizzle, you're like a young Jason Wilson. Oh wow, that's, <laughs> that's a that's a that's a great compliment. I appreciate. That. I mean, you're living at a young. How old are you? I am 24. Sometimes I forget. Stop it. Yes, I am. Yes. Look, I started calling you Jason. Kizzle, you're 24? <laughs> yes, I am. Oh, little brother, I'm so proud of you. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Appreciate that. Y'all, put, put some flowers in. Put some flowers in for Kizzle. Give him his flowers <laughs> in the comments. Give Kizzle some flowers. Wow. I am so proud. Look, Mr. Jason said, wow, 24? Yeah. That is, my goodness, that is amazing. I cannot wait to see where your platform goes. Mm -hmm. And I hope that you and Mr. Jason can can connect. Because uh, uh, you, I you are, see, he says you're ahead of the game. Um, yes, therapy has helped me a lot, for sure. 
So this this is awesome. Okay, you you mentioned something that made me think about a chapter, and I didn't want to go too far. Oh, for you all that are just coming in, Battle Cry, Battle Cry by Jason Wilson. We are having a Battle Cry conversation. We're basically talking about how men and women can wage the war within, and for women, how we can understand the men in our lives better, not just our spouses and partners, but our sons our fathers, our uncles. So this book is definitely for everyone, men and women. You talked about you had many losses and he has a chapter called Abort Shadow Mission. Mm, yeah, I love, I did, I really love that chapter. I'm not going to lie. That chapter really thinking <laughs> about some things. I, love, I like that. Chapter. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah. you know, when he talked about he was, you know, a music producer for, you know, secular music or whatever. And I thought about, you know, the, no offense to anyone. Please don't, please don't get offended. But the men that are like husbands with three, four or five kids and they trying to be a rapper. Sir, <laughs> sir, abort mission, abort mission, sir. Yeah. Your, sir, your family needs food, sir. Like, yeah. and I love that because... You know, sometimes men can think that women that, you know, you're not supporting my dream. Yeah. We're supporting your dream, but we need food. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and women, women for us is security. Mm -hmm. It's security. We're not we're not trying, you know, we want you to live your dream, but we need to eat. And yeah. the mortgage need to get paid and the rent and the condo while you over here trying to rap, sir, go get a job. <laughs> you know, yeah. so how what did that chapter mean to you when he talked about aborting your shadow mission? I, I think we all come to a crossroads where we have to decide if it makes sense for us to be doing what we're doing, right? Um, and what I mean by sense is like financial sense, mental health sense, like just the holistic view of what we're doing and like overall, like what we're trying to do with our lives. Does it make sense the route that we're taking? So he, he gives a really good example where he talks about him trying to be a producer and him putting a lot of hours into like producing when he had a really booming tiling company and he missed out on opportunities to expand and like he was living paycheck to paycheck with, the, with a great company that he could expand it with. But the reason why that was the case is because he was holding on to the, the producer mission, right? And I think a lot of us, we feel like we have to focus so much on like whatever we deem our plan A, like whatever mm -hmm. thing that's going to be like our dream, right? But what I've learned is that it's okay to have security. And it's, it's funny because social media will tell you, you have to get rid of all your security in order for you to be able to do your dream, right? Me personally, that's not how I live my life. I have a nine to five that I work every day. I still post on Express Yourself Black Man, and I actually use that money to help to fund what I'm doing. But I'm not delusional about what I'm doing, right? I know that if I was to leave my nine to five, I wouldn't have a source of income, and now I would be doing my community a disservice because I wouldn't be able to help them in the way that I would be able to help them if I did have that source of income. So it's about making sure that you are in a position that you can take advantage of, right? And not letting the position take advantage of you right Ooh, that's good. So, yeah you have to you have to you have and it takes a lot of self-reflection too and you have to be honest with yourself about where you are and what you're trying to do and a lot of people 
are they delude themselves into into believing that they can just do one thing and they, that's all they need to do and they'll be fine and they, they have to struggle in order for them to get to where they need to get to but we don't always have to struggle like that's something i see a lot in our community we just feel like we have to struggle <laughs> It has to be a struggle in order for us to be successful, but it doesn't always have to be that way. I'm not saying that you don't have to work hard, right? You do have to work hard, but you don't have to, you don't always have to struggle. There's a route that you can take. I truly believe, right? And I'm going on a rant a little bit, but no, you are preaching. Yeah, I just, I truly, truly, truly believe that we all have some God given talent, right? Yeah. And that's going to make us some kind of money as, as, as we grow, as we get older, whatever the case may be, that can support us. But at the same time, we have something that we do well enough that I think can also make us money. And it's about learning how to use those things, right? Because sometimes your God-given talent takes a little bit, of, little bit of time to get off the ground. But there's something else that you're pretty good at that can really get you money in order to pump into that thing. Look at, look at like, if we use Jason Wilson, right? He has a tiling business. He was good at that. He was good at construction and building homes and things like that. That was the thing that he was good at that was bringing him in, him in money. His God-given talent is preaching and mentoring to, to, to other, other men, right? And that took a little bit longer to take off. But if he uses the, the tiling business to, to feed into what his, his, his talent is, then we don't have a problem because the thing is circulating and you can take right. your time to build that. But a lot of people think, okay, I just need to go into my God-given talent, forget everything else that I'm good at, it doesn't matter. This is the plan A. I don't need to have plan B, plan C, plan D. But I do think we need to have multiple plans and not even just have multiple plans. We need to have things that feed into each other so that we're not depleting our resources. So yes. yeah, that's my rant on that. But I know I just mentioned shadow ban for those of y'all that are watching. I didn't explain what it is. But Jason says the shadow mission is a dream. I said shadow ban, shadow mission. The shadow mission is a dream that always feels unfinished incomplete and impossible to, to accomplish. A shadow mission is a dream or a desire so deeply important to us that we keep trying to fulfill it despite how it negatively impacts our lives. So that's, for example, you have this dream, you have this dream, but you no longer have a savings anymore because you just put it all on the dream and nothing has, has come from the dream. Or you know, you're losing time with your family you know, you're focused on this dream, but it's a shadow mission. It, it's not really what you're supposed to be doing because it's causing lack. Right. 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 And then other people are being impacted negatively from this shadow mission. Yes. So, yeah. Okay, Kizzo, I'm, I'm so intrigued by you. Mm -hmm. So... Jason writes, writes this book specifically for men so it can impact the next generation, okay? So it can impact, you know, when you have a son and, you know, the people that are younger than you. Yeah. Who influenced you to wage the war within? Like, how did, how did, because you're, you're living this, but you're 24. How did you get to this point? You know, that's a really good question. My first instinct uh, was to say God. But my therapist always says that what comes first is like your subconscious speaking. So I'm going to say it was God. Um, I, I truly believe that I've been put on this earth to help people. And I think me going through my process of like having to deal with like my own war 
made me a lot more empathetic to everybody else that was dealing with their own war. Because before that, I didn't know anything about mental health or depression or anxiety or any of these things, right? I was very oblivious to it all. And I just lived my life. And I wanted to be, at that point, I wanted to be like a motivational speaker. Um, I, I knew I wanted to speak to people and that's what I wanted to do. And that's, that's what I thought I was going to be doing. But as I went through my own like battles with mental health and like depression and all these different things, I realized like, wow, there are a lot of other people that are going through this that need help. And so I, I'm going to say God, because as much as I would like to say just myself, I, like outside of that, there wasn't much motivation for me to, to heal. I could have literally, literally before I went into therapy, I was becoming one of those people where I was just like, I, I got cheated on, so my thought process was all women are evil, right? And I didn't want I didn't want to be that kind of person. I knew that that wasn't me, right? And so when I went in and I was looking for a therapist, the first therapist that I found happened to be the therapist that I'm with till this day. And we've been in, I've been in therapy for a year. And if you ask multiple people that look into therapists, they don't get their the first try is not normally a good therapist, right? They had to go through multiple therapists. I didn't know what I was doing, but I ended up finding a really good therapist the first try. So for me, it's like, I really feel like it was God because I don't even know what I would have ended up doing if I ended up not finding a good therapist on the first try. Maybe I just don't, maybe I just don't go, right? Maybe I do go, but I find someone else that doesn't really charge me enough to feel like I'm sharing this message with other people. So I'm definitely gonna say God because I don't really have another, another answer. In the book, for those of you all that are just coming in, we're talking about Battle Cry uh, by Jason Wilson, Waging the War Within Battle Cry. If you have not gotten it, you are missing out. This it's a great is book. And Women, Battle Cry by Jason Wilson. And he talks a lot about God. And he basically says, you know, the war is such a tough war that you're going to need somebody bigger and greater than you. And so by you just saying, because you didn't say it was my father, or my uncles, you know, no, you no. said that it it was God, and it, it has to be, I believe, for men, someone a higher higher power, higher being, greater greater than them to to get someone like you to this point. Right, absolutely. And that's what I say all the time with the platform. I, I give all glory to God, not me. It's not just me, right? Like, yes, I'm I'm the one posting on a daily basis. Yes, I'm putting a lot of energy and effort into it. But we will be sitting here lying. If we were saying that God isn't involved at all, that would be a, a bold-faced lie. Mm. Whoever she was, she missed out. So. Uh, I would like to think so. I would <laughs> she missed out. I believe there's some young tenderoni out there for you, okay? <laughs> um, we talked about peace. And in, in chapter one, he talks about escaping emotional incarceration who tells men who who tells men that they can't cry that they can't be ecstatic or they can't where do you think that because in the book he talks about you know where it comes from what what do you think it comes from it comes from a lot of different sources right so i'll give you some examples the, the pretty plain simple example is a young boy falls down he's crying parents say why are you crying man get up you know like mm. what does that teach a child it teaches me that crying 
I should not be doing it. And all the lessons that we learn, especially as children, they get programmed into our subconscious. So even if consciously I want to cry, subconsciously I'm in the past where I've been taught crying is not good. Yeah. Now, if you look at uh, media, like if you look at movies, oftentimes when you see men crying in movies, it's looked at as if he shouldn't be crying or why is he doing that? It's looked at as like a sign of weakness. Mm -hmm. And we always see it directly as like, that's the message that we're receiving. But underneath, we're receiving a message that's indirectly telling us that we shouldn't be crying. So not only are we getting it at home, but then it gets reinforced when we leave our home or when we look at um, how things are playing out and behavior and like media and all these different things. And for those of you guys that don't think that media and what you watch and what you consume plays a role in how you develop and how you behave, you are, you are, you are miss, you know, you are not getting the point. Like you are very, you are, you are misunder, you are misunderstanding because think about how much time we spend on Instagram. Think about how much time we spend watching Netflix. Think about how much time we spend just consuming content on a daily basis. That content plays into a lot of how we deal with and how we process and just how we behave in the world. So you personally, right? Like I can even use you as an example. You love reading. There's a reason why you love reading. There's a reason why that's good for you. Whether it be when you were for something that you did when you were younger or maybe something a little bit older, you got some kind of positive, you get some kind of positive reinforcement for reading. Me personally, I had to learn how to like reading because I hated it growing up because every time I had to read, I had to read something that I didn't like. So now automatically I'm associating reading with things that I don't like. Of course I'm not gonna wanna read, right? So you probably have a different experience, but this is just, it just goes to show how our experiences and things that we learn growing up influence how we behave as adults. It plays a big role. So like when, when your parent tells you, hey, you shouldn't cry, first thing you think is crying is bad. Right, do it. right. Are you into sports? Yes, I am. Okay. Did you watch uh, Malice in the Palace? I didn't watch Malice in the Palace, but I know very, I know about it. Are you talking about the documentary or are you talking about the actual scene? Like the, the documentary. No, I didn't watch the documentary yet. No, okay, but you know the story of the Pacers, Indiana Pacers, yeah. and yeah. the Detroit Pistons, mm -hmm. yes. um, the bra that they had. So I'm, I'm reading this. And I'm taking a break to eat some dinner and I turn on uh, the documentary and I'm like, this is a prime example of what happens when men do not manage their emotions. And I'm not just talking about the, the basketball players. It was the fans too. Yes. Mm -hmm. And the, most of the fans who started throwing things were men. Yeah. And so they weren't managing their emotions, but it all started. And I can't think of the Detroit Pistons player, Ben. Ben Wallace. Ben Wallace. Yeah. So the Indiana Pacers, mm -hmm. they, they, they won, basically. They right. won. Ron Artest, he made a shot. He didn't even touch Ben, whatever. Mm -hmm. Ben is just mad. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? He's just mad. So mm -hmm. he pushes. It, for me, it all started with Ben. And I thought, wow. Mm -hmm. That that's just a prime example. Mm -hmm. But it, we can. We, I don't want to cut you off, but we can dig a little bit deeper because 
there was a podcast I think on All the Smoke. They talked about it because Stephen Jackson is on All the Smoke, and I think he was also one of the players that was involved in it. And he talked about how Ben Wallace and Ron Artest had like a previous beef from like the year before. Mm. I think I followed them hard or did something the year before, and Ben Wallace was like, "Okay, I'm gonna make sure next time we play, I'm gonna get him back." So that was. I believe, and I could be mis, you know, I could be misremembering, but I believe that him, you know, engaging in that was as a result of something that happened in the previous season. But we can tie this back to mental health and wellness and all that because it just goes to show that it's hard for men to just be able to just say, you know what, I'm gonna leave it in the past. It's not that big of a deal. I don't have to get back at someone in that in that because people are always gonna do you wrong, right? How much energy, how much time and energy are you going to expend trying to make sure that you revenge, you know, get revenge on everybody that's done you wrong, right? Like, give people grace and keep it pushing. Like, that's 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 how I try to live my life. I'm not the the best at it, right? Like, I have my petty moments, but at the same time, it's about making sure that you know those moments are few and far in between, right? So, I don't want to go around pushing people just because they did me wrong, right? Um, yeah. Grant, yeah, yeah, a year ago, right. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Jason talks about the consequences, and I actually listened to uh, Meta World Peace, mm -hmm. but he he has a podcast, and just started called Metaphorically Speaking, mm -hmm. and he has a conversation with Jeremy, mm -hmm. Jermaine, sorry. Jermaine O'Neal? Jermaine O'Neal. And, you know, Meta, he kept, Ron Artest, he kept saying, you know, man, talk about how much money you lost. Talk about how much money you lost. And so Jermaine, he was like, I was just more concerned about my reputation. Like, you know, forget the money. And, but one of the consequences when you don't manage your emotions, one of, one of the consequences can be you lose out on money. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Your your reputation is tarnished. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And 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 how I don't even know how many years is it now, but just now there's reconciliation happening. You know, because Jermaine he kept saying, "I just wanted to have this conversation. I just want to, you know, have this final conversation." And these men have been holding on to this for yeah. years even in the you have to watch the documentary Stephen Jackson says you know he he uses some profanity but he, but he basically says I'm not talking about this no but don't ask me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because you can tell there's still a chip because they they lost out on a lot and from my understanding even Reggie Miller he said whoever he knew that whoever won that series was going to win um yeah. win the championship yeah. And the championship was for them anyway. So just, you know, they just were, as I was watching, I was like, wow, this is the consequence yeah. you know, of when you don't um, manage your emotions. Even the players, I mean, the fans who went to jail. And, I mean, just, yeah. yeah. So yeah. we don't have any, any questions, but Kizzle, I just want to thank you so much for volunteering for this this has been absolutely awesome and i i'm like way older than way older than you but i'm just so proud of you i'm proud of the work that you're doing internally and externally and the work that you're doing to help other men and my goodness i just cannot wait to see where you are when you're 34 or 40 yeah. 
before. And I'm just so glad that you and I have been able to connect and we'll be chatting again on live in about a month or so. So I am excited about that. But it was awesome chatting with you. Thank you so much. Last time, let's hold up our books. Yes. Battle Cry, Mr. Jason Wilson. If you have not picked it up, please do. You can give it. To, um, give it as a gift to the men in your life. For women, it is good for us too so that we can better understand why our men are the way they are. So, Absolutely. But this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much. AJ, thank you so much for out to me as well. I appreciate it. Bro. You are so welcome. Bye, everyone. All right. See you guys. Bye. Thank you for taking the time out to listen to this episode. I truly, truly, truly appreciate you. So I really hope you got some valuable insight and I hope I helped in some capacity, whether it be through the platform or the podcast. If you'd like to support for free, you can like this video if you're on YouTube or you can share and subscribe regardless of what platform you're listening to the episode on. If you'd like to support monetarily, now we're talking, you can go to shop.expressyourselfblackman.com and get yourself some merch. We have a hoodie, we have sweatsuits, we have shirts, we have hats. We also have an ebook on how to heal where I discuss breakups, depression and suicidal ideations, anxiety and attachment styles. I go in depth about my story with dealing with all of those things and then I explain how to heal in an easy guide. It's easy to follow. It's easy to go from reading to implementing. So if you're interested in that as well, it's in the shop. The book is called From Hurting to Healing, A Black Man's Guide to feeling. So consider supporting monetarily, but regardless of how you support, I appreciate you. Hope you have a great day.